and we're live. All right, um, welcome to our third virtual episode of the Tubulars Walk Into a Bar. There's only uh, one host tonight, um, but we are joined by Maria Science, who is an immigration attorney who works with businesses and families uh, throughout the United States on all types of immigration law issues. Um, Maria, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Cooper. I appreciate you having me on. Um, so, Maria, so, why, why don't you share a little bit about your practice and uh, quickly discuss how your practice has changed and been affected by um, all the coronavirus stuff in the last few weeks? Sure. So, a um, little bit about myself. So, as you said, I do represent um, you know, a range of companies and individuals on a wider range, uh, array of immigration matters. Um, you know, I do everything from work visas to marriage-based green cards and other family petitions. Um, and basically, I, I work with companies across a range of um, professions, like including fashion and design, architecture, all the way to landscaping and art, uh, agriculture. So it's uh, Pretty, it exposes me to a pretty broad spectrum of um, industries, which is really nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, as it has pretty much every other profession, I think um, my profession has been um, pretty affected by uh, the coronavirus. Um, just for way of background, um, certain um, portions of the organizations that I normally work on are still, um, they're still accepting filings. Um, for example, um, the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service, which processes, they process um, basically the uh, employment visas, marriage-based petitions, they're still accepting cases. Um, so that means I'm still working. Um, they're not generally extending deadlines and you know for the most part if unless there are you know extenuating circumstances we're proceeding as usual with filings um and you know my profession for the most part is very deadline driven and so we're still filing things by deadlines and and basically in in some ways it's business as usual with that said um certain uh basically certain aspects of um services have been suspended for example um uscis has suspended all um in-person services so anyone who had or would have had a marriage interview which is the last step of a green card case um or you know there are interviews also for people uh, filing for green cards through their employment if they were getting to that stage that has been suspended. And so we're going to see a lot of delays um, once USCIS is up and running again. Um, so we just don't know exactly how long that closure will go on for. Um, and then also USCIS has suspended service for, um, for making in-person inquiries, which sometimes we have to do when cases are stuck or um, we need more information than we're able to get through the normal channels. And so, um, do so you, do you anticipate things being delayed across the board. So if you have a fiance visa or a marriage visa that you've, that you've put in, even if you didn't have an interview scheduled for, you know, March, do you still anticipate that, 
um, the whole process is just going to be even further delayed? I believe so, because um, even though USCIS is still operating, um, there hasn't been a lot of transparency about what their staffing situation currently is, but my guess is that, um, and I know for certain agencies, it has come out that they're having to reduce the workforce just so that they have the ability to separate workstations sufficiently so that workers are six feet apart. And so, um, so I think they are working with reduced staff. And so that will affect um, processing times, in my opinion, but we'll see what happens and how long this goes on for, et cetera. But, um, but it will delay things. The other, um, the other situation that's affecting processing times, especially, for example, for a fiancé visa, like you just mentioned, the last step for that case is that it is a consular interview. And so with those cases, um, the consulates are um, limiting service and for the most part for emergency situations. Um, they're trying to limit interaction um, in person with applicants. And so... Um, you know, it's still going on for immigrant visas, but I think they, they are trying to limit it. And um, they're definitely limiting it for employment visas. So any non-immigrant visa categories, which is basically every employment visa, um, for the most part, you do have to show that you have some sort of emergency situation. Otherwise, they won't see your client. And um, so any clients that are abroad right now, may have to wait months before they can come back if they don't have a valid visa. Um, and then obviously there's been travel bans um, put in place. And so anyone who happened to be outside the country won't be able to come back, um, you know, until their country is taken off of that list. Or in some cases, they might be able to travel to a third country who's not affected by a travel ban, wait out a court, you know, 14 days of quarantine there, and then come back to the U.S. So it's really complicating things. Um, Do you and feel, it's, feel like there's a lot of um, anxiety? Like, are you getting a ton of calls from clients who are stressed about how this is going to affect their case that they've already been waiting a year to get some kind of result or um, just? So fortunately, most of my clients have been understanding of the situation. I think everyone is anxious about how this will affect things, but I think clients that have pending petitions for the most part, for the most part have been pretty calm. I'm, I'm actually surprised. Um, I have been getting a lot of calls from people who want to contingency plan in case they get laid off. Um, and so that's a little difficult because especially if they're on an employment visa, if they're laid off, they would have to have another job offer and another filing within 60 days in most cases, which in the, you know, with all the what's going on may or may not happen. And so um, it's this really tough situation because, you know, if they lose their job, they may not even be able to leave the U.S. on time. And so in some ways, they may be stuck here in, in certain situations or if they do go back, they might have to be, you know, in quarantine. Some countries are being very, very strict about that. And um, so we're sort of monitoring the situation constantly. Um, you know, as you probably know, immigration laws, um, basically the work 
spans across a number of different agencies. And so I'm constantly monitoring what USCIS is doing, what the Department of Labor is doing, what the Department of State is doing, what ICE is doing, what the courts are doing. So it's quite a bit to keep up with at this point. Um, but, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with that information and pass it on to my clients. Um, I'm reviewing all of my active cases and notifying clients of any changes to <laughs> procedures that might affect their case and just trying to be proactive with that and keep them informed. Do you get a sense, and, and obviously it's too early to know this, the answer to this question, but in the world of immigration attorneys, do you feel like there will be um, permanent changes that, that come out of this period? Or do you think that, that most of what we're seeing is probably going to be temporary and will things should return to normal after, you know, who knows when that is, but in, in maybe it's a year, maybe two years, things are more or less normal? Or do you think that there will be legislation or... Um, policies that that come out of this that that really affect your job moving forward so personally I don't think that there's going to be any major changes to uh, the way that cases are processed uh, just because of this um, over the past few years there has been a lot of change in my arena already and so I feel like a lot of the changes have been made over the past few years um, so I, I actually think that things will probably go back to normal um, one thing I will say and I'm hopeful that perhaps USCIS will adopt some of the changes permanently but they have made some accommodations for example they're beginning to accept um, scanned signatures um, and the courts are, you know, in certain cases allowing for, um, not in every case, some, some attorneys are having to go in person to court still. Um, but in some cases they're beginning to, you know, allow, um, people to appear telephonically, um, which was already done, but in limited cases. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, so hopefully some of that modernization of processes hopefully will stick. We shall see though. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, how has this been affecting your practice? I know uh, we spoke briefly offline that you've been, you've been quarantined for a bit of time based on your <laughs> travel history. Um, but how are you operating in a world where you don't really have access to an office and, um, has it been a, a, a change for you and, and just sort of how are you holding up in general? So as you mentioned, I've, I've been in quarantine a little longer than most because of some recent travel to Italy. Um, and so I already had all my files scanned um, and I do have a decent setup at home, um, you know, with printer and scanners. Um, and then our office, fortunately, they're interpreting themselves to be essential workers because they handle mail. And so they still have somebody at the office wow, distributing right. mail every day. And so we're able to call in and ask what has come in, which is a huge blessing that I know not everybody's lucky enough to have. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I've been working remotely managing paralegals remotely attorneys remotely. So it's, uh, <laughs> It's been interesting, but I have done a fair amount of um, remote work over the past few years. So, 
I feel like in a way I was prepared for this. Um, but it, it so has been. I'm sure there are immigration practices that are not set up in the same way. And immigration law is very paperwork heavy. And it is. A lot of signatures. So it sounds like you're better positioned than probably a lot of a lot of other immigration firms that are out there. Yeah, so I'm still, I mean, we still have to do paper submissions, so I do have to sneak off to FedEx once in a while, take a walk there, you know, um, and they're still operating, fortunately, so um, USCIS hasn't waived any of that requirement, so everything still does need to be submitted in hard copy, and so, um, so I'm lucky enough that I have the equipment to do that at home, but, um, but, yeah, it, it has been an adjustment, um, especially since I'm doing the packeting now versus my paralegals. And so, you know, but we're sort of rolling with it at this point and making the best of it. Crazy. All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but thank you so much for uh, joining us. I will put a link to your law firm, uh, your law firm's homepage in the podcast description. And uh, yeah, hang in there and keep on fighting the good fight. Thank you. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you so much for this. Take care, Maria. Thanks. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Bye. Talk to you.